Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we work to keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name's Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. Also, mama to a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. I am walking right beside you on the path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it really real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is a solo show, and I'm confident that what I share will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families around the globe. If you're feeling extra special, you can rate and review us over in Apple Podcasts. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Enjoy the show. Well, hi. Hello, my friend. I'm so glad that you are tuning back in here. It's so good to be with you. It's glorious over here in this little corner of the United States in the Pacific Northwest. It's just beautiful. And summer is really here, almost here. I kind of feel like it's here and it is so amazing. This is my favorite season. I don't know about you, but I just love it. I love all the excitement. We had prom a couple weeks ago. My son went to prom, had a great time. A lot of people posting about their kids graduating from high school. You can just feel the excitement right now. It's here. And I'm tripping out to think that my son is going to be a senior in high school. Whoa. Anybody else feeling like that? He was sharing with us last night. We had dinner together. 
which only happens a couple times a week. And we did a family meeting and Ian shared about last week's, I don't know what they called it, but they had a little assembly where they said goodbye to all the seniors and acknowledged, you know, the school acknowledged some of the seniors for some of their accomplishments. And then they had the juniors stand up and go sit where the seniors typically sit. And then all the other classes kind of moved up as well. And Ian was telling us about how that felt for him. It was really cool to hear. And it reminded me just of, you know, how long ago was it? 1990. Oh my God. A short 33 years ago (laughs) when I was finishing up my junior year and thinking about the fact that I was going to be a senior. And it's just exciting. It's exciting times and trippy times. And I definitely feel the sleeping empty nester waking up. Yeah, I may have mentioned this already and I'm probably going to talk about it a lot, but yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I know it hasn't arrived yet and yeah, but the transition has begun. The internal transition I think has definitely begun. The oldest has moved out. The youngest, yeah, one foot out the door. One foot out the door. But before he can become a senior, he's got to wrap up this junior year. So yeah, I share a lot with you all. I keep it real on the podcast and in the community. That is something that's really important to me. I couldn't do this work without being authentic around my experience because I'm not perfect. And I don't ever want to send any kind of message that I have this parenting thing mastered because I don't, right? I don't. I mean, it's easy to be behind the mic. It's easier to be on the outside of my client's struggles looking in and being able to offer support. But, you know, when you're in it, you're in it. And when you're in it, that's when you're really doing the work. And I am in it with all of you. And when I'm immersed in my own challenging moments, you know, the human part of me with conditioning and patterns bubbles up and sometimes gets the better of me, right? This just happened yesterday. So like I said, this week is my son's last week of his junior year of high school, which again, exciting. And I've mentioned here on the podcast, we visited some colleges and had lots of conversations. He's a kid who wants to go to college. Like that's what he wants to do. And he's not a crazy academically driven kid. He's not a kid who strives for 100% or A's or top of the class, right? It's just not who he is. And he always seems to do better and he's always done better when he's interested in the subject, when he has a good relationship with the teacher, you know, those are the places where he really thrives, right? And, you know, there are classes and teachers where he hasn't thrived and he's okay with that. And, you know, I know that he won't have a problem getting into college, right? He's not applying for like the top 10 universities in the country. He's not an Ivy League kid. And like I've mentioned before, it turns out there are plenty of colleges that take the majority of the applicants, right? And that's what he's going for. It's great. He's going to 
do just fine and have a great time. So I'm not worried about that. And, you know, Ian, it always seems like he has a few missing assignments, right? Not a ton, but a few. I don't look in the portal too much, right? I learned that it doesn't serve me or my child or our relationship for me to be overly concerned with the portal and all the information that we get there. Okay, so I don't look at it too much. And I typically ask him before I look, you know, what am I going to see? I'm going to peek in the portal. What am I going to see? And we have conversations about that. I work really hard, as you know, to stay neutral most of the time. And I ask the question, so what's your plan? Because positive discipline. That's one of the back pocket questions, right? And when I ask that question, you know, he usually tells me something and typically follows through in his own way on his own timeline, right? And when I say he tells me something, I'm going to be fully honest and transparent. Typically what he's telling me is what he thinks I want to hear, right? And then again, like I said, he follows through in his own way on his own timeline. So, you know, I do work really hard to practice what I preach. I do work really hard on that. And sometimes, man, I give in to that pestering inner dialogue that shows up that tells me he can't possibly do all the things without me laying out all the ways he should be doing all the things, right? Like, case he needs you, you know, like that's what I'm saying in my head. Not always, but sometimes. Sometimes it's this little voice that's like, I don't know. Is he really going to do it? Is he really going to pull it off? Can you really let go? Right? Anybody with me on that? So yeah, like I said, it's the last week of school. I know he's had a few missing assignments that he hasn't completed that have been sitting in the portal for what feels like a really long time. And I can feel the urgency, right? I can feel the time going by. Yesterday, he worked in the morning and then he had the whole day free right? And that hasn't been the case lately. He's been really busy. So I brought up the assignments yet again, and he got really bugged. He got really irritated at me. He said things like, you always bring up school. Like every time we talk, you want to bring up school and my assignments. I've got it. You don't need to be on my case. The hardest part in this you know, quote unquote conversation was that the energetic pull away that I could feel from him when I brought up school. I'm trying to be helpful. I'm trying to ride the line of useful parent versus naggy parent. And the feedback I got from Ian yesterday that was that I was not getting it right. I was not getting it right. And he even brought up me asking him, well, what's your plan? and how that felt to him. And like I said, what's your plan? It's a question that I love and I encourage you all to use it. And what I'm starting to see is when I'm asking that question in this context to Ian, I'm really asking it for my own benefit. Like, tell me what you're gonna do to get this done so that I don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, why am I worrying about it? It's not my problem. His Missing assignments are not my problem, but I'm making them my problem and I'm letting them get in the way of the relationship and the dynamic that I have with my son. 
The question, what's your plan, is really a question for him. Like it's an opportunity to prompt some thinking ahead. Consider your schedule. Decide when it's important to you to complete this thing. And, you know, make a plan. So I'm noticing that I'm holding whatever he says to the question, what's your plan, in stone. I'm like, okay, you said it. You're going to get it done by the end of the week. You said that you were going to do that. I hold it in stone and then I weaponize it when the follow through isn't there. So what's your plan? That question has sort of morphed into what feels like a trap. And my son and even my husband, they're sniffing it out. They're sniffing it out and they're responding to it from a defensive place. It's not useful, right? It's not useful. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. And it's not the question. Instead, it's how I'm using the question. It's not the tool, it's the user of the tool that's really determining 
how helpful, how useful it is for the other person, right? I think that's the biggest thing for me is, God, I mean, it is sneaky. I'm going to talk about this in a minute, how quickly we center ourselves in these challenges that we have with the people that we love, right? I'm going to get to that in a little bit. So here's what I'm realizing and what I want you to really hold. We have a choice in how we're holding our kiddos. I have a choice in how I'm holding my son in the context of school and this last week and his assignments and his grades. Here are the two possibilities. One, he feels good about his grades. He's getting his work done at school and in between time and he's pulling things off when he wants to pull things off. He knows how to be in communication with his teachers. He's learning life skills through his process. He'll be applying to schools in the fall and is aware that grades and transcripts matter. I can trust him to do what's right for him and to learn from his mistakes, right? So that's one way of holding my kiddo. And then there's this other way. And it sounds like, you know, I think his grades could be better with a little more effort. I never see him doing schoolwork. He doesn't really care about school. It's his last priority behind girlfriend, work, basketball. He won't get into college and everything will fall apart. I better stay on his case and make sure he has a plan and then force him to follow through on the plan, right? So which choice is the one that's the most helpful for Ian, right? How can I hold Ian in a space that is actually useful to him? And which one is the one that's most helpful to me, right? And how I'm interacting with him. When we come from this place of like, you've got this, all right, I'm here to support, let me know. Then we're like disrobing all of this pressure and responsibility that we put on ourselves. Like it's our job to make sure that they do the right thing. And we've defined the right thing, right? Versus you've got this. You've got this. I get to be in relationship with my kid. I get to hold him to an open, spacious potential that I believe he's going to step into, right? That's going to be more helpful for him than me being on his case all the time. I know you see it. I see it, especially in these moments of clarity, right? I see it. I'm outside of the situation of yesterday, so I can see where things went awry, right? Why is it so hard to hold our kids in the light of that first scenario? Why is it hard to hold them as capable humans who are here on their journey to walk their path and learn from the steps that they take? Well, I'm going to tell you why it's hard. First of all, it's hard because of evidence, right? You may be listening to me thinking, yeah, but my kid is failing. I have to stay on top of them right? Okay. Or what? What is the worst thing that could happen? What do they want ultimately? And, you know, for some of our kids, they might need more scaffolding and support when it comes to school or other things, right? They might need more scaffolding and support, right? So that can make it hard to hold them in that light of being capable humans on their own journey. The other thing, The other thing that makes it really hard as well is fear of uncertainty. Oh my God. Oh my God. Fear of uncertainty. It is the worst and it gets in our way. 
again, that question of what's the worst thing that could happen? Ultimately, they fail a class. They have to go to summer school. They have to repeat a class next year. They have to repeat a grade level. They won't graduate from high school. They won't get into college. They'll have regrets. They'll never move out. Guess what? None of these are your problem. And many of these outcomes are powerful opportunities for teens to recognize they have the power to change what is happening in their life. These are all natural consequences that hold our kids accountable for how they're showing up. Most kids don't need summer school, repeating a class, repeating a grade level, the threat of not graduating from high school. Most kids don't need that to level up, okay? Some do, and it's okay. There's no shame there. You don't know how things are gonna turn out. You don't know, which is, again, the fear of uncertainty. Like, uncertainty is the spectrum of worst-case scenario to best-case scenario. There are so many possible outcomes that exist for our kids. So many. You don't know, right? You don't know the gifts of the struggle. You don't know how the struggle or the challenge that your kids are currently inside of, how it's actually serving them and leading them towards something in their future that is a good thing. You don't know, right? So trust the process. The other thing that gets in our way, and again, we're talking about getting in the way of why it's so hard to hold our kids in the light of capability, right? Our own dysregulation. We are emotionally attached to our kids' behavior. It's true. It's real. It's hard to let go of. It's actually, we don't need to let go of it. There are kids. Of course, we care about them. It's not about not caring. When I say fiercely committed, lovingly detached, detached is not detached from our kids. Instead, it's detached from, you know, being so enmeshed. So we're emotionally attached to our kids' behavior. It's true. It's real. When we get that pushback from them, just like I did from Ian, it's challenging to maintain that neutral mindset and to continue to trust their process and to see them in their light. We get frustrated, which opens the door if we're not paying attention to maybe exasperation, which then leads us again when we're not noticing to that emotional freight train to you know, crazy town, dysregulation, all of those things. So yeah, we get to pay attention to that. Dysregulation, when it really spins out, it blocks our ability to be a conscious parent, to take perspective, to listen to the other person and to filter what we're saying, right? Dysregulation is not our friend. (laughs) when it comes to relationship. It's just not. And finally, finally, what keeps us from being that parent we want to be and holding our kids in the light of their own capability is the ego, the protective conditioning that lives inside of us. The ego thrives 
in dysregulation. The ego is always talking to us, but when we're dysregulated, it's like center stage with a mic, speaking what feels like, what sounds like the truth. But I'm here to say we need to be questioning the ego, right? The ego is developed over time through our experiences, and its job is to keep us safe. Yes, at all costs. The ego is our perception of our identity. Perception is the key word, right? It is the protective conditioning, the armor we've created throughout our lives to keep us safe, like I said. And in hot moments with our teens, it's the ego that's creating thoughts like, how dare he talk like that to you? She's never going to follow through. You have to get on top of this. What kind of parent are you if you let her say that to you? You better make sure your point is clear. You know, say it again. So not useful, not useful when we're working to hold our kids in this space of, I know you're capable. You know, this is yours. This is your journey. So those are some of the things that make it hard to hold our teens in their light and in their strengths. And things like, you know, past evidence, fear of uncertainty, dysregulation, ego, they make it hard to trust our kids' processes and as being their processes. I noticed that the teen years have totally tested my trust in the positive discipline philosophy. I've talked a lot about that. Their behavior is purposeful. That's a PD thing, right? I notice that I forget about that and that a sense of belonging and significance is at the center of their choices. I struggle with the right balance of connected and firm. And like, that's really hard, you know? And I have a feeling that I'm not alone, which is why I'm bringing this up. So how can we help ourselves be better in the heat of the moment? How can we help ourselves remember behavior's purposeful? It's about belonging and significance. I get to find connected and firm. I get to dance with that. I get to commit to this practice, right? How can we help ourselves be better at those things in the heat of the moment? Well, I have some steps for you, my friend. I have five steps. The first one is to make a declaration, right? I encourage this with all the people that I work with. Let your teens in on your work. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. 
and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Here's what I'm working on. Here's what you might notice me doing. It's hard for me to do this because I'm struggling to let some things go. Yesterday, what I said to Ian was, you know, I'm going to give up all the school stuff to you. It's funny. As I say that out loud, I'm like, for this last week of school, I'm going to give this all up. I'm going to let it go. I won't say anything else about it because I trust you to do what you need to do to get to where you want to go with your grades, right? So I've made the declaration. And the next step is really expanding your observer, paying attention to your behavior. I talk about this a lot. Life is full of opportunities to grow our outside observer. Do you know what I mean by that? So the outside observer is the part of you that watches you live your life. And anytime you say to yourself, oh God, I'm about to freak out, right? That is your outside observer noticing what's happening for you in the experience that you're having. That is the moment when you've gone from being in the experience to lifting up and looking at the experience, right? Like if you take your hand and you make a fist, right? This is you in your experience, in the experience that you're having. You're just reacting to the experience and then opening your hand. This is kind of a metaphor for then versus looking at your experience. Here it is. You can see it. So closed fist, you're in it. Open fist, you're looking at it, right? This is where we have room to make choices, not only about what we're going to do or say, but this is also where we have room to remember, to remember to hold our kids in that light, in that capability, in that faith and trust in their process. Right. So the second tip is really expanding our observer, which can also be like the pause, right? Finding the pause so that we can be like, okay, hold up. What's happening here? Take a personal assessment. And then the third thing be willing to not say what you want to say, right? Willingness. Yes, here it is again. Zip it, friend. Zip it. You do have a lot of wisdom, okay? You do have useful information to share and your kids aren't hearing you in this moment. This isn't the moment to step on the soapbox and share everything you've learned over your lifetime with them in hopes of drilling it in and changing their behavior. Keep it to yourself. Write it in a journal for later. They know what you think. You've said it all before. Instead of saying what you want to say in the moment, try, you know what? I trust your process or I know you can do what you need to do to get the grades you want. And then turn and burn, (laughs) turn and burn. The fourth thing is remember the importance of that back pocket support, right? This is huge. I mentioned having a filter to put the situation through and determining how you're interacting with the problem right? So there's some questions 
that are that back pocket support that I want you to practice keeping them top of mind. One, is this life or death? Two, am I holding the person big or small? Three, whose wants and needs am I actually focused on? And four, is there a lesson if I stay out of the way? Right? Is this life or death? That first question. Usually the answer is no. Okay? The missing assignments in the portal, that's not a life or death situation. It's not. Sometimes you are in a life or death situation. In that case, you do what you need to do and you bring in the support team. Absolutely. But most of the time, the challenges we're in with our kiddos is not a life or death situation. Good to know. (laughs) Good to know. Am I holding the other person? Am I holding my kiddo as big or small? Again, those two examples I gave of Ian, one being, he's good. He's figuring it out. He's learning through his process. I can trust that versus, oh my God, he's going to have regrets. He could do better. You know, he doesn't care. How do we want to hold our kids? Do we want to hold them big or do we want to hold them small? Whose wants or needs am I focused on? This is, again, that sneaky place, a place to get really honest. Even when I thought to myself yesterday, I don't want him to have any regrets when he gets his grades. That's about me. That's about me. That's not about him. He may or may not have regrets. Those aren't mine, right? And those really actually are his. And again, offer an opportunity for him to look and say, huh, I wish I would have turned in those assignments, right? I wish I would have done that. I bet I could have gotten maybe that B up to an A or maybe that B minus up to a B. Or maybe he'll be like, meh. Yeah, I probably could have done better, but I'm okay with this. But at the end of the day, it's his, right? And then finally, is there a lesson if I stay out of the way? Hey, guess what? There usually is a big one, a big lesson. And curiosity, neutral, non-judgmental curiosity after the fact helps our kiddos connect dots, right? And then the fifth thing to do, the fifth thing to remember is encourage, encourage, encourage. Listen to episode 370 for a recap on encouragement. Encouragement is everything. It's what we say. Yeah, but it's also what we don't say. It is the energetic message that our kids receive from us. I trust your process and I know you can do what you need to do to get the grades you want. Both of those statements are encouraging statements. So is... Let me know if you want any support or help thinking through what you need to get done, right? Encouragement, right? That's encouragement. So pay attention to your facial expressions, your silent signals. Your teens are tuned in and super susceptible to your negative opinions of them. Okay, are you hearing that? They feel your negative opinions of them, right? And your negative opinions of them Do not support them in doing better. They don't. So catch yourself, right? And shift your mindset. Holding them small keeps them small. And then expanding into holding them as capable kids, like I said before, gives them room to step into capability and to see that and to see the strengths that they have in themselves. All right? This is what we want. If we want our kids to 
rise up, we've got to hold them in that space. We have to show them that there's room for them there. And it's a lot of personal work, right? It's a lot of personal work. It's a lot of letting go. It's a lot of emotional honesty with ourselves. Personal growth, baby. You know that I love it. What are your thoughts? I want to hear from you. So you've listened to all this. What are you taking away? What's landing? What are you wondering about? Where are you like, meh, I don't really know. What are your yeah buts? You know, all of us are in dynamics with our kids that fall on a spectrum of what's hard. And I want to acknowledge that. And you may be thinking, listening to this podcast, if having a few missing assignments was my biggest problem, I'd be golden, right? I get that. And you know you can believe me because I have experienced some of the hardest things with my oldest child. But this work, the things that I've outlined in this podcast, it holds up no matter what you're going through. And I just invite you to try it on. If you're struggling to be the parent you want to be in the context of what your teen is struggling with, reach out. You know that I'm here for me, for you. (laughs) I'm here for me. I'm here for you. And the community is as well. If you're in the membership program, reach out to the members there. If you're in the Joyful Courage for Teens Facebook group, show up there. Reach out, connect with other parents that are moving through similar things. You will be encouraged and supported there. Thank you. Thank you for listening, my friend. It's always a pleasure to show up solo for you like this. Get out in nature, drink lots of water, stretch your body. Loved spending time with you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you so much to my Sproutable partners, Julieta and Alana, as well as Danielle and Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and helping it to sound so good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay better connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in on Monday for a brand new interview and I will be back solo with you next Thursday. Have a great day. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.